Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Heavyweight Podcast. In one corner, standing at six foot three, two hundred ninety pounds of solid chicken wings, Dustin Urban. And this corner at six foot seven, two hundred eighty pounds, the one, the only, Big Daddy Nick Klein. Welcome back to the Heavyweights Podcast. I'm your co-host Dustin Urban, and I'm here with Nick Klein and Josh Reeves, as usual. Um, we got some a lot of good stuff to talk about this week, but we're going to start it off with Darius Geis of the Washington football team. He was charged in a domestic violence case, and he strangled his girlfriend apparently till she was unconscious, allegedly. But that's some big charges on a guy, a young guy in an early career that's probably done. Yeah, I mean, this came out on Saturday. You knew there was three charges, including one of strangulation. The team immediately released him. Ron Rivera said it was a tough choice, but they had to. You know, Rivera had to make this choice. Just from the simple standpoint is he preached culture when he got here. We've seen, you know, the sexual misconduct and all the allegations that have gone against the Washington football team here recently. Snyder's ran that team into the ground. The only good thing he's done is brought in a reputable coach like Rivera who cleaned up Carolina. Right. And you have to make this move. Guys was so talented coming out of LSU, but he slipped to that third round. One, because he did have that knee injury, but two, but he had questionable character issues down at LSU when Les Miles was still the head coach. You know, his interviews didn't go well at the Combine, you know, a couple failed drug tests here and there, and he couldn't stay healthy in the league. His first year, he looked great in preseason, tore his ACL before the season started, came back last year, boom, injury right off the bat again. Started only one game. But the Redskins now are the Washington football team. That's going to get a long. It's going to take a while to get used to saying that. Are going into the season with Adrian Peterson. I honestly think they're better off if they're going to preach this locker room presence right. and this leadership. You had to immediately make this decision. I think if he would have had you know not had these injuries and maybe had <clears throat> some you know background to stand on, you know had a couple thousand yard seasons, maybe they wouldn't have cut him. But with you know going into a new era here in Washington. Try, you know they're trying to get as much negative publicity away from this team as possible, like you said, and this is just bad timing for him. And hopefully he didn't do it, but it looks like he's in a lot of trouble. And Let's just hope he gets the the help he needs. He's obviously going to be serving some jail time. I think you know, the court documents were released yesterday. There's pictures and everything. He's going to be convicted. You know I wish him the best in his future endeavors and the fact that hopefully he can turn his life around. If he can't, then you know what? I don't give a shit. Good riddance. You don't need to be in the league anyway. You wasted, all, pissed away all your talent. The guy you probably should take uh, some advice from is uh, Ray Rice, the former running back for the Baltimore Ravens, after he knocked his girlfriend out in a uh, um, hotel elevator. Is now he's a public speaker uh, about um, domestic violence, and hopefully Ray Rice gets a hold of him and you know leads him to the right directions where he doesn't have these issues done. Uh, further down the road. Yeah, you know, you've seen Joe Mixon come back from this. We saw what happened to him in Oklahoma, Adrian Peterson. There's been multiple cases. Ray, Ray Rice is a completely different story. We saw that video, you know. <laughs> Mixon's was pretty bad, too. I don't know. Yeah, it was real bad it, as well. I mean, he, he broke her jaw. You know, we've seen this time and time again with multiple instances. The NFL gives you as much help as you need, but some players just won't listen. You know, we could spend all day talking about the history and the the violence and stuff that we've seen. It's in every major sports. Like it's in every aspect of everyone's lives, and they know someone that's done this or they've heard about it and different stuff. But we'll just move on. Some actually unfortunate news. Howard Mudd passed away or recently, I think it was today, or was finally reported his family told um, 
uh, the Associated Press. Howard Mudd, if anybody doesn't know, he was on the 1960s All-Decade team, uh, two-time All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler. Most notably, if Indianapolis Colts fans are out there, coached the Colts offensive line for 20-plus years, went back to Arizona, came back a couple years ago to help revitalize the Colts offensive line. He was only 78. He got into a car or a motorcycle accident in late July, and he sustained enough injuries that he eventually passed away. You know, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, offensive line coach in NFL history. He had multiple Pro Bowlers along that. You Jeff Saturday, Tariq Glenn was able to come back and help Costanzo, Quentin Nelson. So, I mean, just the all pro years that he's been able to do and what he's done for this league is unprecedented in someone when it comes to offensive line play. Yeah, shout out to his family. It's a, you know, really sad to hear. Um, hate to see this kind of stuff, but hopefully he's, you know, in a better place. I I was not a Colts fan, but this really kind of hurt. As Klein said, the guy was probably one of the best, if not the best, offensive line coach um, that has ever been in the game. And just a quick little note on the movie A Greater about the Arkansas kid that the Colts drafted. They actually, uh, when he was talking to Howard Mudd, they actually he goes, call me Howard instead of the coach. And I, I thought that was cool to kind of give – Reference to Howard Mudd, you know, give him a little like a nod of you, the person that he was. Yeah, I mean, it's just unfortunate. We wish, you know, his family, it's our thoughts and prayers are out with his family at this time because they're going through a lot more than it's just bigger than football, like always. We'll move on to George Kittle, who's entering the last year of his rookie contract out in San Francisco with the 49ers. Recently just named the seventh overall best player in the NFL and the NFL Top 100. Deservingly so. Mm-hmm. Deservingly so. You know, there's been some links. You know, he's going to get anywhere from five to seven years. You're looking at the highest paid tight end, obviously, because his contract's coming up right now. Travis Kelsey's currently that. Per, but per year, you're, it's kind of hard to say, but I know we're anywhere looking for anywhere from five to seven years. Multiple reports have come out anywhere from 85 to $105 million. The 49ers can pay him this, and he deserves it. But they're eventually, at some point, between that defensive line, the secondary, what they played Garoppolo already, they're going to have to get out of that contract, and their offensive line, they're going to be strapped cash if they're going to put all this money into, into Kittle. And it'll be interesting to see how this contract is structured, how much goes front-loaded, how much it gets back-loaded, because they have so much invested in that D-line already, with Nick Bosa coming up in three years. Right, and they just extended Mozart, or... Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't. I mean, no, I know. I'm just saying that's just another you know piece to the puzzle. They, like you said, they're gonna. be This is why they made the trade with the Colts. They gave away DeForest Buckner, but then they had to re up. It's. I just I'm more interested because we saw what Joey Bosa was able just to get over 100 million (laughs) dollars. Nick's going to get more. It's just it's a proven fact because if he if he keeps having the success he did his rookie year, he will be in line to be the next highest paid D end. Or pass rusher just because of when he'll be a free agent. Right. He might not be the best player at that position at that time, but that's just how these things work with right. the way you hit the timing of free agency. And with the NFL salary cap going to be growing larger and larger starting in two years with this new CBA, God knows what some of these contracts are going to be because I think we're going to look back even on six years and say that Patrick Mahomes' contract was tiny. Right. Yeah. I mean, we saw that we saw clearly the NBA how much it jumped with that TV deal and everything else. We went from seeing hundred million dollar contracts to. You're making seventy million a season on two year deals. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, in a couple of years if he's making, you know, twenty five if you know the best DNs in the league are making twenty five million a year, thirty million a year. I agree that and right Bleacher Report uh reported that George Kittle wants to blow the lid off this contract. Well, I mean, so he, set the, well he wants to set the bar for tight ends. That's nothing new though, man. Every, like But how know, much are we talking for a tight end though? I mean, he's probably gonna make around hundred million. Uh, Six, seven years. I mean, that's feasible. Right. 
it like it's there's going to be so much more to it. Right. I mean, flat out, you, you talk about top tight ends in the game right now: Zach Ertz, Kittle, Travis Kelsey. If Gronk can come back to where he was two years ago, he's right there too. But it's those four, and then everybody else in the league. I think we can all agree on yeah, that. Yeah, there's no doubt because we've seen what Kittle can do, not only in the passing game but also in the run game. He's one of the best run blockers in the league, so he is invaluable to what San Francisco does because they don't have that much talent at receiver. They've hit and miss on quite a bit until Dabo or Debo Samuel last year in the second round. Yeah, they're supposed to be bringing in Tavon Austin this week for uh, you know. Okay, that's great, but he no, hasn't done anything since he walked in this <laughs> league as the seven number overall pick I'm out of West Virginia. He's good. I'm saying they need receiver help, and they drafted a shitty uh, that, guy. That, he's not even good. That's what I'm trying to uh, say. <clears throat> well, I get it. So we'll just move on. We do have some more good news, though. The Cowboys and Bucks are reportedly expected to have fans. The, the Bucks are getting ready down in Tampa Bay to have at least 16,000 fans in stadiums. The Indianapolis Colts today sent out uh, an email to um, season ticket holders that you will be able to buy pods. I, I'm not even kidding. Pods from two to six people on season ticket plans. Yeah. So they will have self-quarantine sections of pods with glass up or plastic, however oh. that may be. Dallas is looking at bringing in at least 20,000 people, 16,000 down in Tampa. I think we're going to start getting to see more and more of this. Obviously, Philadelphia's already announced they won't have fans. I think a few others. Washington did too. I don't care about Washington. No one's going to show up anyway for that. It's <laughs> yeah. just a shit show. It's I mean, like saying the, the Chargers, Chargers are going to yeah, yeah. have a bunch of people. It's just not going to happen. But we are, I think, maybe not right away in September for everybody. But I think by the 10th of October, November, we're getting into the heart of the season when it becomes all football in this country. We will have more fans in the stadium. I don't think we'll see fully packed 60,000, 70,000 fans that we could, but it'll be nice to see fans in the stadiums because as much as I love baseball being back, as much as I love the NBA being back in hockey, this fake pumping noise in is okay, it's but it's out. not close to the real thing. Right. I'm, I'm very optimistic about, you know, the – towards the end of this season if we can get some fans in there but I don't know right now it just doesn't look you know real great so well we'll stay on that same topic because we've been talking about the Cowboys did anybody see what Jerry Jones said today I know the players are going to be required to wear gray stickers and so Jerry Jones has been known we've seen it in 2017 with Kaepernick and 18 his stance with his players they will keep a toe on the line and never kneel for the anthem he kind of flipped that today because this was his first public appearance since everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and the George. A few of his Floyd. players have been calling him out, too. Yes. Uh, Gerald McCoy. So this grace is going to be believe what you stand for, know what you're standing for, and know about your presence and your actions on and off the field. But he is going to allow his players to kneel. The grace is just if you're going to stand for something, you know whether it be a kneeling for the national anthem, whether it be anything else, Know the history, know what goes behind it, and know how to support that and set an example for people that look up to you because you are an NFL player. And no matter how you spend this, so many little kids look up to this and other people because you have been given a natural ability to play a sport that is extremely hard to get into and to be able to play it at this high a level is a blessing. That's not the worst thing I've heard Jerry Jones say. So actually, it's one of the yeah. best things I've actually heard. I, I kind of like that, actually, but... So. We'll see how it plays it, out. It's interesting. I know he he talked about, you know, a lot of people had, you know, flagged him for, you know, saying Being he would he would cut well and he would cut people for kneeling a few years ago. So it's nice to see him just open up a little more but explain this. And I kinda like this idea. Um, if anything, it'll it'll force your players on your team, you know, to research a little more on every little thing. So it's just bringing it is, awareness is the biggest Thing that you need in this time and especially if you are gonna be an activist and stuff you need with the platform they have they need to be all in for it don't be halfway just 
go out there and support your cause. Agreed. So we have something new this week. We're going to take away a little bit this season. Going into the season, we're going to have some new segments. You know, we're going to have a betting segment, our matchups of the week, where we go against you guys, the fans, and personally between me and Urban, and just watch Reeves tank all year. But we thought we we thought we'd be nice. Urban had an idea last week. We came up with it. We're going to start doing this every week for a while until. Uh, Unless so, someone absolutely hates it and they can bash us on social media. Let's just get into it. We're going to call it Reeves' Fact of the Day. Okay, guys. It's everyone's least favorite neighbor. It's time for Josh Reeves' Fun Fact of the Day. All right, this is our newest segment. So, Reeves, I'm going to kick Excited. it to you. And the floor is yours. All right. My Fact of the Day Sammy Ball, the legend quarterback of the Washington Redskins in 1943, (laughs) led the league in passing, punting, and interceptions. He threw for 11 touchdown passes, only four picks. (laughs) That's my fact of the day. I mean, all right. Let's let's, let's get to the question of the week. I'll start off with something from 1943 during World War II when nobody was watching football. Major baseball players took a step away to fight in the war, and you start off with a dude that threw 11 touchdowns in a season. Let's go to the question of the week, Nick. them questions a week, Trent. You have them questions, then we have them answers. It's time for the questions of the week. All right, so we're getting into our division predictions finally this week. We're just less than a month away. We are only 30 days away from the start of the NFL season. So instead of doing the kick return, we can save that for another week when there's a down week or something. I thought something was interesting. It was sent to me a couple days ago. I posted it this morning. The toughest division in football. A lot of people, there's been talks. There's four main divisions you can go with. You can go with the NFC South, the NFC West, AFC West, and AFC North. They're all pretty deep. I think some of them have the weaker Bottom teams, I think, can take them out. and That's how I look at this when you say the toughest division. An overwhelming percent, though, came in with the NFC South this year, I think because we've seen Brady come in to Tampa Bay. Atlanta can be really good. and New Orleans with Drew Brees and that offense, they're always going to be in contention. They win the second most votes was the NFC West. AFC North came in third. And then with only two votes, the AFC West, um, yeah. which I get. To me, though, I'm going to start off with mine. The NFC West, and I'll just explain straight off the bat, it's because the Rams and Cardinals are going to be your bottom teams in those leagues, or that division. I I firmly believe it's San Francisco and Seattle that are the best in that division. I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, you you could probably make a case if the Cardinals take a leap forward or if golf finds that magic he did too. But here's the thing. We're having that discussion saying or L.A. takes that next step, and so do Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. That is better to me than what the hell they're doing down in Carolina because they don't have an answer at Teddy Bridgewater. I don't care how much money you paid him. Right. And you can say the same thing with the AFC North. The Bengals, as much as I love their future, this isn't them. This is not their year. No. It's going to take some time for Burrow. It's going to take some time for that offense. That defense is still complete trash. And the AFC West, you don't know what you're getting in out of Denver. I personally love them. LA Char- the Chargers, though, are just an anomaly because I don't like what they did in the first round of the draft. Raiders are a crapshoot. I, I, ah. I, I like the Raiders, but I don't like the Chargers. I think they could have an, a potent elite, elite defense that can carry them, but that offense I don't see going anywhere. Yeah. Now that Rivers is gone and you're, you're throwing in Herbert, who I don't like. I, I flat out don't like him. Well, and they're playing. <clears throat> they got Tyron Taylor, too, who's just 
in the guy to me. No, he can win you but, six to eight games. Right. I mean, but that's about Jackson, it. He's, they're going to be last in that division. A little better than Tavares Jackson. Come on now. Yeah, come on, dude. Tyrod Taylor's at least made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. I mean, put, put some spec on his name. Yeah, I mean, but, he's he made the, the playoffs in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. but I forgot about that. I, I I can't disagree with you here, Nick. I've I've thought this all off season since the trade was made for DeAndre Hopkins. You know, to the Cardinals, it's the NFC West. There's no way. There's no two ways about it to me. And I'm not even going to sit here and beat a dead horse. I'm going to agree with you guys that it's a clear cut winner to me. The NFC West. I'm surprised you really didn't go with the AFC East. <laughs> I didn't have him on there. <laughs> I, and I'm surprised you didn't say that. So right, I'm mean, surprised you weren't like Dolphins. Number one team in all football. Woo, 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 woo. You got him top 15. <laughs> I had them go 8 8. All right, let's let's get into a commercial break with Anchor. We've already heard enough from Reeves with this fact of the day. Commercial break, and then we're going to start breaking down the NFC West. All right, thank you, Anchor, for sponsoring us. We're getting into this just right away. I'm going to kick it to you, Reeves. Give us the team that you think is going to finish fourth in the NFC West. Uh, the LA Rams. What do you got them going? I believe 4-12. Oh, my Ooh, God. Wow. No, 3-13. My bad. Uh, oh, oh, so even, even worse. worse. Even worse. What the fuck, Reeves? <laughs> All right. <laughs> they got a rough schedule ahead of them, and I, I just don't I mean, know. right off the bat, they do have to play the Cowboys, Eagles, and Bills. I got them starting off 0-3. But three wins right off the bat. they got to play the Giants. they got to play the Washington football team. The Bears, they should be able to beat. They've got to play the Dolphins and the Jets. They're going to win more than three games. I've got them personally going 7-9. I don't think they're as bad as everybody else. I Like I said, this is the best division in football. I've got them going 2-4 and four in the division, though, 5-7 and seven in the conference. I think some of their games later in the season, you know, they get home, the Jets at home. They get the Cardinals at home late at the end of the year. I think the Cardinals are going to be fighting for a playoff spot, and so will the Rams. I like McVay a little more there. I think the Rams... The, the Cardinals are coming a little more banged up. And they usually split with the Seattle. So that was my only other thing. I think they could win anywhere, and I've said it before, anywhere from seven to nine games, and I've got them on the low spectrum just because of where we're at right now. And we haven't seen preseason football. We're not going to. So, like I said, starting off one and three, pretty decent finish uh, coming out of their bye week. You know, there's some other games, but that's who I've got finishing fourth. So who do you got, Urban? I got them going eight and eight personally. I, I think they're gonna, you know, struggle out of the gate, but they'll, you know, catch some a little bit of fire towards the end of the season. But I just I see them being last in the division. Okay. I mean let's start off there. Who do you got going third in this division? I have the Cardinals being third at ten and six. I have them sneaking into that seventh wild card spot. Um, or that seventh playoff spot, not the seventh wild card spot, but it's the wild card spot, the new one they added. I have them sneaking at 10 6. That it's going to be a rough run for them to get to 10 6. They have a pretty good schedule, but I just think they'll be able to pull it off. I think they can compete with anyone in this division. I really do. I think their offense will be able to keep them in games. Their defense needs to take this next step forward. They got, in my personal opinion, the best player in this draft, and Isaiah Simmons. Kyler Murray just got a freak in DeAndre Hopkins. Larry Fitzgerald's going to be consistent. Reeves, who do you got going third in this division? I have the 49ers going in 9-7 and seven in this division. I think the I think they take a step back this season. Uh, you've seen it before with uh, former Super Bowl uh, teams get in there. One usually does make the playoffs, and I'm sure the hell don't think it's going to be the 49ers. I, I know, and I, I get the Super Bowl hangover. I personally, though, I have the Cardinals going 9-7 third in this division. I think they're going to come hot up against. I think they're going to lose opening night. The 49ers, I think, will find a way to beat them. I think mm-hmm. the Cardinals turn around and beat them later in the season. But then after that, I've got them starting off 5-2, and two, or 6-2, and two, actually, until they play the Bills, 
at home, and I think Buffalo will come in and kind of maybe set them straight a little bit because I think they, this team will have the tendency to get a little young and cocky with a young coach still. Kyler Murray coming off that phenomenal year, I think will come out of the gate strong. We know Hopkins is going to be anything you need him to be. Their offensive line will improve. I don't care what anybody says. It's just three and three in the division. Yeah. I personally, it's nine and seven is going to keep them in that playoff hunt, though. But I do think they take a step forward. Watch this year. week eleven going into Seattle. They have beaten Seattle, I think, seven out of the eight times in Seattle in the past quite a few seasons. Quite so. a few seasons, but I think that's why they get them at home this year, and that's all you're going to hear leading up to that yeah. week is how <laughs> Russell Wilson hasn't been able to beat the Cardinals, who have been one of the worst teams in football for about three to four years. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that big of an issue for the you know Seahawks, but I. I like the Cardinals going into this season. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, that Week 12 matchup, I, I would love for them. They're going at New England, but you're playing against Bill Belichick. Young quarterbacks tend to struggle. He's going to find a way to make that defense just confuse the living shit out of him. So let's kick it off. My number two team in this division, though, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. I know we talk about this Super Bowl hangover. I wanted to love them to win this division again. I love their defense. Jimmy G looked great outside of that last drive, probably in the Super Bowl or the, the first fourth three quarter, quarter. Fourth, fourth quarter. quarter. Let's yeah, go with fourth quarter. I've got them going ten and six. I still have them having the best record in this division, going four and two in this division. I just think they've got too many tough matchups outside of it. They've got to play Green Bay. They've got to play New Orleans. They've got to play uh, the Eagles, the Cowboys. It's going to be a tough going for them, and I think that's what's going to trip them up. And they have to play the Bills. I had them beating the Bills, but. They could potentially right. struggle outside of this division heavily. I went with San Francisco as my second pick as well, but I think they're going to be a little bit better. Than, I'm a little higher on them than you are. Um, I got them going 12-4. and four. I, I don't think they're going to have any problem with the Packers. I think it's going to be you know, a, re, you know, a rerun of the last two meetings with the Packers. They've just whooped that ass every time. If the Packers figured out how to stop the run somehow, I'll be very you – know, I'll be happily surprised – but I just don't see it there. And I think they're going to split with Seattle. I have them going 4-2 and two in the division as well and having the best record in the division. But I, I have them going 12-4. So. I got uh, Cardinals going 11-5 and five and 4-2 and two in the division. I've been running this motor, and I'm not letting off the gas on it. So I got them going 11-5 and five and finishing second in the division. What do you have Seattle going? 14-2. and two. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. I mean, it's probably. I like their match against the Falcons, Patriots. Dallas is going to be a tough one. Dolphins, that's when Vikings. Dallas comes into Seattle and gives them a game every yeah, time oh, they yeah. play. Like, yeah. they beat them there last mm-hmm. year. I've got them going 11 and 5, but 14 and 2. I mean, that's. I got them going 12 and 4, personally. I I just think the 49ers just take a quick step back. And I think with the addition of Jamal Adams back there. Helps them out and gets them a couple more wins. I've got them going three and four against winning teams, eight and one against losing teams. I think they're they're out of their matchups where depending on home or away are a little more favorable than anybody else in this division. Like I said, they're going three and three in the division for me. Russell Wilson, probably second in MVP last year. Clearly, if it wasn't for what <laughs> oh sorry, what happened down in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson and that historic season, he wins MVP. It'll be him, Lamar, or likely Patrick Mahomes again this year. Those are the three best quarterbacks in the game right now. Just because Aaron Rodgers taking a little step back, he's still elite, but he's not there. I know he can carry them to nine or ten wins. I wouldn't be surprised if they get to that 11. That's what I have them at. 
12 is a little pushing it. Anything after 12 for me, I don't think they have the consistent offensive line play or running game for yet. And there's still major issues at pass rush. So before you said, I get where you're going, but playing in this division, they're going to be beat down. There's going to be major injuries. They've still got some major issues to face on that defense and that offensive line. And Jamal Adams is just a safety. He doesn't mask everything like you think. I know he plays everywhere on defense, but this isn't going to be the one trade that gets you over the hump. Right, and it's a new system for him, so what I just said could be obsolete too, but we've seen it many times with new players going to new teams and new systems. Okay, all right. I mean, I don't mind. I got I got the Seahawks going 12-4. and four. Um, They'll slightly be ahead of San Francisco just the way the math works out, but either way, uh, I think they'll be right there, and they're going to win this division in my eyes. Oh, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco does. But we will go to our second division we will be covering to, or previewing today, and that is the AFC West. Uh, we'll start at the bottom of this division with Reeves here. Who do you think is going to be the worst team in the division, Reeves? Easy. L.A. Chargers going 4-12. and I got. Uh, I love the defense, but that offense. I have no idea at the quarterback position. They going. They got. They got Herbert or Tyrod has the weapons of Mike Williams. Tyrod starting until at least week five, probably. Right. And Hunter, if Hunter Henry can stay healthy, then you might look at six wins. But I don't know. I. I went that's with, a tough division too. I went with them at three and thirteen. I don't have them winning a single game in this division. <laughs> uh, I just think it's too. You know, it's, it's a very tough division. You know, I I like every. Obviously, I have them at the bottom of the division, but every other team besides the Raiders, I don't know. Their their defense is very talented for LA, and that scares me. So that they could jump up to six, seven wins for me, being some couple close ball games with that defense. But like you said, that offense, other outside of Keenan Allen. I really don't think they have a lot of weapons. Herbert's got the arm to get it to Mike Williams. I think you're looking at week three to five is when Herbert's going to come in. Tyrod's obviously going to start. What are you going to get out of Austin Eckler after that big payday? Offensive line gets some health back. You know, Dan Feedy's going to come back. They haven't gotten forced lane to stay healthy for an entire season. You don't know what's happening at the tackle play there. Are they going to have an elite defense? We all know they are. We, we know what's going to be there. I've got them going 1-5 in the division, though, just because mm-hmm. I like what everybody else did in this division so much more in the offseason outside of Kansas City, who didn't have to do much just because they won the Super Bowl and that they have such a young core on offense and their defense did just enough. That's all we said they had to do two years ago. I've got them going 4-12. and 12. I think they can, that first week we'll kind of see what gets the tone gets set with them between them and the Bengals. And then they come right back and they have the Chiefs playing them at home, which will be a home game for the Chiefs. Even without fans in the stand, there'll probably still be more Chiefs fans in the parking lot. (laughs) Not even close, up for debate. Chiefs by 35. If Herbert can be a game manager manager, and lead this team and just be kind of not what Andrew Luck did his rookie year or Russell Wilson, but if you're talking 15 to 20 touchdowns and three to four interceptions, this defense can get them there. I just think within this division with Kansas City twice, Las Vegas twice, and Denver, I don't see it being plausible. It's not easy, but it's not just that. Then you've got to turn around, and you're playing the AFC South this year. So you've got to play Tampa Bay, New Orleans. Yeah, the NFC South. New Orleans and Atlanta. I think you're going to beat the Panthers because you're playing at least home. You're not driving. You're flying across the entire country. 
But I don't think you beat the three other teams in that division either. So it's just a bad year to start for this rookie team. Anthony Lynn, great coach. I don't know if anybody watched the first episode of Hard Knocks last night, today or on Tuesday night. It was absolutely amazing. I would love to play for this guy. I think they're headed in the right direction. It's just not here yet. Yeah, uh, I'll kick it off with my second or the third team in this division. I I got the Raiders. The Raiders here <laughs> going eight and eight. I I mean, obviously, I think they're a middle of the road team. I I don't know, man. They could easily be ten and six and be you know right in that playoff mix. So I mean, one game improvement last year because they were seven and nine. Right. Yeah. I got. I mean, I I still really don't like their defense that much. They have some you know new pieces. Other than Corey Littleton, like I'm the biggest Corey Littleton fan, but other than that, I really don't like too much on this defense. Offensively, they're taking steps in the right direction. You know, they finally got Derek Carr deep threat with you know Henry Ruggs. We'll see how they connect. You know, Josh Jacobs, he's coming off of that great rookie season. If they feed him, they could easily win ten games and make me look like an idiot. But I just see them as finishing third in the division, the way I, the math works. I've got them third in the division as well. I've got them going nine and seven. Last year, they struggled out of the gate. I think this year, they struggle out of the gate. I've got them starting off one and four until a surprise win against the Bucks in week seven coming out of that bye because they're going to have a week to prepare. Right. And Brady's going to be traveling across country. I, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to have the strong start that a lot of people think just because they haven't had the full offseason. At least that – that Vegas Raiders offense for the most part has had that Derek Carr had an underrated rookie or underrated bounce back year last year. I think the defense is going to be good enough to get them there because they're going to rely so heavily on that run game. And they did so much to improve the passing game in the draft. I just don't like them as much as Denver right here. I just, I tempered nine and seven third in the division. Wouldn't be surprised. Ten wins, and I think that's their limit right here. But right. nine and seven can still get them in the playoffs this year. I got the Broncos finishing third at seven and nine. I love what they did in this offseason. It has been the, probably what one of the top um, with all their transactions with their draft, draft and the agencies. I know they lost Juwan James. He opted out this year. I think that was a kind of a big loss on the offensive line. I just want to know how far can Drew Lock take this team. That's the biggest question. And that's why I think they'll compete with their run. I just think 7-9 possibly to 10 wins with this team. But I think 7-9 fits them pretty well right I'm afraid to ask second in the division. Raiders. Yeah, I'm afraid. 11-5. I got them 11-5. They got I think Gruden takes his team to the next level. By Um, doing what? Huh? By doing what? They upgrade their defense. They got How? some more leaders. Who, who, who'd they? Corey Littleton. Okay. He brought in um, oh Heath from uh, Jeff Heath is not an upgrade <laughs> over anybody. He's a below average starter. They had Carl Joseph seasons. back there last year instead of fucking didn't they? Or, I thought they yeah, did. yeah, instead of down in Carolina. Yeah, I don't that is not an upgrade from Jeff Heath. I don't know what this you, corner. You better take that back no, right I'm now. I'm going with Jeff Heath. What the mm. fuck? I'm going with um, at the cornerback position. Uh, they got that. Um, corner out of Ohio State, which we all thought was questionable, but we don't question Mike Mayock. I don't, you know, in my opinion. I don't think he's a questionable player. It was it was questioned where they took him. Oh, yeah. yeah he's he's going to be a good player for him. Uh, and on the offense, you brought in Jason Wynn, who's a good uh, leader in the locker room, to play behind Darren Waller, who stepped up his game last year. You got Tyrell Williams, Henry Ruggs on the uh, receiving end. I don't know, man. And Hunter Renfro underneath. Yeah, I think – 
they got the pieces. It's, but it depends on how Derek Carr is going to play. But you got Mariota's in there too. With the Jason Witten thing, it's been. If they have to go to Mariota, they're not getting close to eleven wins. Don't even sit there and try to start to think that. Oh, Plan B. They got Marcus Mariota, who got benched last year. He's not been the answer. Hasn't been for years. He looked good for three weeks his rookie year, and has been nothing ever since. He was a Mark Sanchez type player. He had one good playoff game against the Chiefs where they came back. Too. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. I like them at eleven and five. All right, I got the second team in this division. I have them having the same record as the Raiders. Exactly. The math, me. the math just works out. I just I'm a one game less than Nick here. I have them going eight and eight as well. And I'm this is they're gonna be the biggest question mark. You know, they're one of the most intriguing teams in the league for me. And what you said, one of the only things I'll probably ever agree with you on is, you know, what will we see from Drew Locke? What will he become? And I think they gave him everything you need to give a young quarterback to, you know, be He doesn't have to have an outstanding year this year. Right. But he needs to show improvement. Cortland Sutton's going to be a very good player for a long time in this league. But people are forgetting, you've got probably one of the best defensive lines now in all of football up there with San Francisco I guess San Francisco would be one of the best defenses as a whole. LA not even defensive <laughs> line. Like, yeah. That defense is stacked, bro. Jarrell Casey, Von Miller hasn't been talked about because he had a down year last year with right. eight sacks. And Bradley Chubb's coming back. Yeah. I love what Look for out. once Elway's done in the offseason. Locke, if he can just manage the game and show improvements, some better decision making on these outside throws. And just late in games, I think they're going to be there, and I've got them at nine and seven, finishing second in this. Division. I just want to ask you this question: If Drew Lock shits the bed, who's their backup? I, is it not Trevor Simeon anymore? No, he no, went to the he Jets. He got his leg violin. They line. didn't bring back Flack Fluco. No, he's a Jet now. No, he he's almost supposed to be back. You know, I'm not sure. That's off the top that. of my head. I'm going to pull it up. I, I, if we're talking, we got you. Got to stop bringing up backup quarterbacks, though, because any team in this league goes to their backup, they're screwed. Outside of maybe New Orleans, yeah, yeah or the Colts, stuck, yeah. or the Colts. Yeah. Personally, I don't think they would be screwed. I just that's me. They wouldn't be think, screwed. I think screwed, I wish they would have signed Cam. I I know from what I seen last year, you know, Jacoby down the stretch struggled, but. He did start the year out five and two. So well, and, you know, and that knee injury killed him. So I, I understand where you're coming from with that. Let's just see who they've got though. Their backup is Jeff Driscoll and Brett Rippon. Um, yeah, Driscoll. Just, he's, yeah, he's, Driscoll came over from Denver. No, I'm not from the Lions. They're Detroit. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Since he's yeah. Detroit. All right, number one team in the division. I think we're all you know. Just say who you got as their record. Cause that's all we need to do here. Chiefs. 14 and 2 for me. 13 and 3 for me. 13 and, and 3 for me. 5 and 1 in the division. I don't think they're going to go undefeated in the division. I don't think they will the, lose a game in this division. I, I get it, but they're going to slip at some point, and Denver always plays them well at home. Always I, has, always will. I so just the Chargers. And the Chiefs always play the Broncos when the Broncos were the better team, you know, five, six years ago with Peyton I get Manning. It. So I think they lose one of these division games because this division. Has always had these big, big time rivalries. If I had to put money on it, I would definitely say, yeah, they're going to yeah. lose a division game. I get it's hard to pick. It's probably so, the last one. <laughs> all right, give me your losses for these teams. Then that's all I, I'm curious about for the Chiefs. Yeah, who are they losing um, to? I got them losing to Baltimore, Denver, and at New Orleans. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure I picked the Saints and 
or might have been the Bucks, Saints and Bucks. Okay, uh, I, or it's the Ravens, but I'm really not sure to be honest. I don't have Ravens Monday night. Mine was Ravens, Saints, and Chargers. I actually I have them. Wait. Be- just because they bench everybody. It's one of those games where they don't need to play their starters. They've already won the division. They're first in the league. That's why I had them playing a blow-off game. You just year. told me I know, before that's, we started this podcast, I, I got to do this. Hold on. But, that you thought if Patrick Mahomes just magically somehow got hurt, do you think – you asked this question. Don't, don't you think Matt Moore could win like eight games? I think Matt Moore could take it to the playoffs. He said playoffs. Yeah, I said eight, eight games. God damn it. What do you mean that they would lose to the Chargers? If they bench all their starters, the they Chargers bench all their starters. They're not going to. I'm me. just saying. So Tyreek Hill might be out. On, dude. Kelsey. Okay. Uh, well, so that leaves them with um, the speedy they got. But their defense. Oh, Hardman. Yeah, that guy. Sammy Watkins. Man, don't annoy Sammy Watkins. I mean, did you see the running back the Super Bowl? Did you see what they did in the first round of the draft? Yeah, Clyde Lair, but they'll bench Come on, man. You're going to take the... The Chargers. In a blow-off game. It's all like the bench. I'm just saying they bench all those. Do you see it every but, year? But, but if the Chargers are 4-12, and 12, like you're saying, or 3-13 and, you know, and coming into or three and twelve coming into I'm the game. I'm just getting a scrub game. I'm, I'm just saying, though. I'm serious. I'm just saying, though, if they're 3-12 and 12 coming into the game, what do they got to play for? What are they playing their starters Showcase for? Showcase Herbert. I'm leaving Herbert. Joey Bosa out. I'm, I'm leaving see. I'm leaving everybody out in that game from the Chargers if I'm fucking three I'm and just twelve. I'm a scrub game. That's all. I'm, it's not I'm giving, saying the Chargers are going to straight up beat them. But the Chiefs. Here's my thing. The Chiefs could be in line for number one in the AFC. They could be in a battle with the Ravens or another team that might rise up there. So they might need that game more than you think. Well, if they lose to the Ravens and if both teams go fourteen and two, I don't think both teams are going fourteen and two. Personally. That's my problem. Then if they lose, fourteen wins is really hard to get in this league, yeah. and it might even be harder with the way this season's gone. So, this, that's why I just I leaned away. Defense is a win a little early. Established offenses like Kansas City are going to win early. Right. It's going to be different. I'm going to save my voice though because next week we're doing the AFC East and <laughs> NFC East, and Reeves being a Jets fan who every year since I've known him, so since we were four. Has them making the playoffs usually? Usually eight to ten wins every year consistently for 25 <laughs> years, 26 years. It's been unreal. Like, how many times they were supposed to make the playoffs? And I can count on less than two hands the times they've made the playoffs since we've been doing this. So, I'll save my voice for next week. Now I'm really thirsty. Just get me a damn beer and let's crack open this six-pack. This is the six-pack of the week. All right, with that first question, what running back has the most yards in Panthers history? Uh, Adams. It's Jonathan Stewart. Is it? Or, uh, not Adams. I was going to – Foster is who I was going to – sorry, Deshaun, or Sean Foster. Yeah. They went to the Super Bowl. Uh, who has the most passing yards in Bears history? Man. How long – Sid Luckman didn't throw the ball that much, I feel like, and McMahon was up and down. Harbaugh he was, was only up. there a few years anyways. Yeah. It's – I'm probably overthinking. I'm just going to go with Jay Cutler. You got it. Okay, that's the only yeah. thing I can think of. Is like, man, that history. We talked about it. That history of the Bears quarterback has just been garbage. Sketchy. Uh, what quarterback has the most game-winning drives in NFL history? Matt Stafford. In NFL history. Oh, in NFL history. Is it still Peyton Manning? Yeah. He, 
Stafford's not far behind, believe it or not. No, he's just, well, it's because he's, he's played for the But line. Drew Brees is only four behind Peyton right now, and he's probably for sure. Well, he's only going in last year, I think, only five behind it. Right. I'm just saying he could probably. He'll probably be up most of the time. Yeah. He could probably for sure pass him this year. All right. This one gets a little harder. What defender has the most sacks in Lions history? In Lions history? I'm going to be wrong, and I'm just going to say Indomitian Sue. No, it's Robert Porcher. I, I, it's just. Who has the most <laughs> interceptions in Seahawks history? I'll be wrong, but I'll just. Off the top of my head, Earl Thomas. It's Dave Brown. Good for Dave Brown. Mo- <laughs> All right. Who has the most rushing touchdowns in Texans history? Say that again. Sorry. What running back has the most touchdowns in Texans history? Um, Arian Foster. Yes. Yeah. All right. There are I was two. Trying to think of any other running back that could have even come close. Mon Green's up there in some of their shit just because they don't have a very long history. Yeah, I was just trying to think. Yeah. All right. There are two franchises tied for the most playoff appearances of all time with thirty-three. Name one of them. With thirty-three, and how far back are we going? Just uh, Super Bowl era? Yeah. Yes. Are you sure? 33 out of the 52 years. It's probably, it probably goes back a little longer. Okay, because that would have narrowed. But it's still. Fuck. So it's before the merger, which is the NFL. So you take out some of the other teams. So the Colts, I have to be eliminated from that. You said two teams have? Yeah, just name one. The Chicago Bears. Green Bay Packers and Dallas Cowboys, okay. and it has to be since the NFL. Next time, just make sure I know because I was trying to think like the Bears were That's in Oscar, every yeah. every single year. Um, so I was just and the Cardinals would have been the my Daniel other. The Browns too, were yeah, too. Yeah, so that's what I was going with Browns there. Yeah, I mean, they really haven't made the playoffs in the last 20 years except, like, once. True. So, you know, you put – Six or seven, but, I mean, if you're going back 60, 70 years. Right, I I get it. Actually, 100 years that the NFL's been around. It's the 101st year. 33 chance. I like the Browns' chances. Yeah, I like the Browns' chances. The Bears' chances. I have no problem with Green Bay. So, that had to have been going back since 63. Right. So, I mean, that's the only way, which would make sense if you take out the history of – the Green Bay Packers and I guess the Cowboys mostly in the eighties just disappeared until Aikman and Favre came along. So right. is that it? That was six. Yeah. That wasn't even counting. All right. Thanks for listening in this week. We hope you enjoyed the new segments, you know, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, whatever. keep um, suggesting, you know, give us five stars when you can. You can find us on any podcast out there. Leave us a review. We still are looking for more monthly sponsors. And get everything. us to that million dollars so we can get it. It's never going to be a million dollars. Let's just get to 50 bucks a month. So <laughs> let's just get to something. So well, we can get day. Yeah, I don't see this skit lasting that long, but at least we give it a shot. Enjoy your week.